Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Welcome to the City of David Dartford podcast. Be blessed as you listen to this message from our pastor. To everybody, um, to those who are joining us um, online, thank you for today's your first time again. You are welcome. Um, so today we're just going to be doing a recap of the um of what we've been going through so far you know in the past um, past few weeks um as PSK has been taking us through so we have been looking at um healthy home healthy home has been the you know the the, the theme or the the topics that we've been looking at in the past few weeks and so we're just going to be doing um a recap today we've got um a few ministers um in the house with us today um so first we've got um Dickiness Damalazabere and we also have Pastor Shegun Oluwabamishe who are going to be answering all of your um your questions today um your your lovely questions so please just a reminder that you should send in your questions just make sure that you're putting them into the Facebook I'm sorry not Facebook apologies um into the YouTube um chat or the comment section um below or to your right um, again, no questions um, are off limits, so please ensure that you are putting your questions through, even as we go through. Um, we've got some time to answer all the questions today, so please ensure that you are, yeah, you know, that you're getting involved and you're, you know, putting your comments in and your questions and everything else that you want to say um, on there. So just before we go um, into it, um, again, thank you for to um, Pastor Shegwan Lubamshi and Dickiness Damala for being with us today. Um, we really appreciate you, you taking the time out to answer all, all our questions today. So um, before we get into that, um, I'm just going to just take us through just a quick, you know, recap of what we have been doing so far. Um, so again, the theme for, um, for the month has been healthy home, healthy home. So first we looked at marriage in this dimension. Um, Pastor um, Kingsley took us through, you know, marriage is not, um, marriage is, is a script or drama there's no rehearsals there's literally you just turn up on you know you just turn up every day is literally there's no there's no practice there's no rehearsal or nothing um we saw that marriage is a work in progress that never ends in ephesians 5 verses 21 um you're constantly working towards marriage you're constantly working towards making sure that your marriage is is a true reflection of you know of of christ um and so it's constantly a work in progress every day you have to make sure that you're working towards it um both partners in a marriage are looking for an answer on a daily basis again you know in first peter it says that you are every day literally every single day we're constantly looking for answers we don't know the answers we're working on it together as we go along um we learned that husbands must love their wives sacrificially they must love sacrificially whether or not your wife submits it is your duty as a husband to make sure that you are loving and you're doing that sacrificially um and again we just keep learning you have to keep learning there's nobody has the perfect answers to the perfect marriage you know what works for marriage a might not necessarily work for marriage b and so we have to make sure that we are learning again as i said there's no scripts there's no drama um, there's no there's no rehearsal or nothing to what the ideal marriage is and so we just have to ensure that we we keep we keep working at it that we're constantly working at it with the you know with the help of god and so if it must work when it cannot be you know for marriage to work it cannot be for beauty it cannot be for fame for gold for for riches or anything materialistic we really almost have to we always have to have god at the center of our marriage um to make sure that you know our foundation really is christ and that all that we do um, is led by him. Um, we need a spiritual understanding, you know, of who we are. 
we need is definitely a spiritual understanding of who we are, um, of what we're trying to achieve. Um, you must learn, you know, as a, you must be, we must be people after God's heart. You know, we must be men and women after God's heart. We must make sure that we, we fear God, that even our spouses as well, you know, the people that we choose to marry, the people that we choose to lay, you know, lay in bed with, we must make sure that they also, um, you know, they, they have the fear of God in them as well. Um, our visions as, as spouses or as, as a couple must align. You know, if you want a, a, a real person, a father, you need to make sure that this person is actually a visionary. If you want to, um, you know, I don't know, you just need to make sure that your, your visions and everything that you're doing together as a family unit, you know, whether it's individually as, 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 as people at your work or together as a family unit, but your visions for what your idea of what a family is must always align. Um, both of you, and also the both of you must be intentional about being good. You know, you must be intentional. Like every day I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. Every day I'm going to be the best that I can be. Every day I'm going to choose to be good. I'm not going to be choosing violence. <laughs> every day I'm going to choose to be good. I'm going to choose to, you know, to do things the right way. I'm going to choose to do my best. Um, and then we went through, you know, some examples of a, um, a good wife, um, a good wife is somebody who fears the Lord, um, somebody who, who, um, who, 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 yeah, definitely has a lot of, who, who fears the Lord, um, you know, we talk about the, the Proverbs, you know, third to one woman, but she definitely understands her situation, you know, she has a solution for things, you know, she doesn't just, um, just come up and just show them up, but she has a solution for things, she tries to work things out, um, she is fightful, um, she is um, fearful, she is, um, you know, she would never, um, she would, she, she, she's a fighter, you know, a good woman is a fighter, um, somebody who doesn't necessarily, who doesn't like to just quarrel or who doesn't like to, to, to create trouble, um, somebody who maintains her cool, you know, somebody even when they're, when things are not going right, when things are not going her way, um, she's still quite level-headed, she still makes sure that she makes the best decision for her family, she looks after her, you know, her, her home, her, her kids, her husband, um, and then we also have, you know, good examples of a, um, of a, or examples of a good husband um, and, you know, somebody who doesn't, who doesn't, we look at someone like Joseph, for example, in the Bible, um, in, in Matthew chapter one, um, that's somebody who doesn't, never just takes issues out in public, you know, somebody who doesn't, um, is his sole purpose isn't to like disgrace the family or to, to air up your, you know, your, um, the family business or the family laundry. Um, and so, you know, somebody who is able to deal with his family, but also, you know, be a family man, but and also be a friendly man as well. You know, when when there's a lot of trouble, when there's trouble and things are not going quite right, um, he understands the place of just going to, you know, going on his knees and just going to God, um, you know, on behalf of his family. Um, he knows how to speak to God. And also he waits, he waits to, you know, to hear from God. So we went through quite a lot um, you know, in the past few weeks in terms of looking at a healthy home. And so, um, you know, a lot, certainly a lot to digest there. <laughs> um, I hope that again, um, you know, that we have all been able to learn one or two things literally in, in every single thing, whether you're married or not, I really hope that you've been able to take one or two things from the, um, from the sermons and from everything that Pastor Sean Kingsley has been taking us through. Um, and so, we um again we're going to go straight into the question and answers now don't forget to type in your questions um one more time um and just a, a bit of a disclaimer you know everything that we um have been discussing in the past few weeks and everything that we have been teaching on has 
been um, scripture based. And so in everything that's going on, you know, I, we don't want anyone to take anything, you know, there's none of the questions that are going to be asked today are specific to individual people, you know, seven people might be going through the same thing. So certainly there's no attacks on any marriages or there's no attacks on any any personal homes. All the questions are kind of generalized and you kind of take take pick and choose what you, you know, what you will from it, but please it will never be anything towards a, a specific family um or any or you know or anybody. Um so we're going to go straight into it. So again Pastor Shegon Bamshe and um Dickness Damala, thank you um for joining us. Um, so the first question is um, to um, Dickens Damala, um, if that's okay. Um, so it says that how do you love a partner? So it says to love. To love is you know obviously God's instruction um, that we love everyone. But how do you love a partner who is always nagging? How do you love a partner who's always nagging? Okay. Um, how do you love a partner who is always nagging? Mm. Uh, right. Um, God said we should love anyway, and God is love. It might be difficult, but we need to do it in God's way. Uh, if God instructed us to, to do it and we, we're finding it hard, I would say go back to God and ask for the, the way to love that person because every individual have their own soft spot. It might just be God telling you that this person this is what you're going to do to appease him or this is what you're going to do to to help him you know calm down you know for example let me give um, an example um, of Saul when Saul the 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 Holy Spirit will come upon Saul um when David plays for him the Bible made us to understand that the spirit will go out of him and he will be calm you know I don't even know how they got to know that when you know um, sort listen to music then it comes down you know so for everyone everyone has a soft spot you just need to study the person know what make them tick you know because they, like they can't just accept their mad mad person or mad man nobody would just you know nag you know without anything happening so yeah. you have to look out for things that make them nag and try and work you know do do the physical bit and do the, the uh, spiritual bit by going to God and say, Father, help me. I want to love this man that you've given me because it's your idea for me to, you know, to love. So, or woman in, in another way, you know, um, and I, I, I believe that with that, you should be able to, to win the man over or the woman over. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. Everybody has a, yeah, everybody has a soft spot, don't they? So it's kind of just, you know, helping, asking God to just help you find out what that, <laughs> what that soft spot is so that you are, you know, you're able to, to handle the situation better, but no, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, this, the next question is for Pastor Shagun Olubamshe, if that's okay. Um, so PSK said that marriage is a work in progress. Um, does that mean that we should be looking out for surprises? You know, we know that definitely marriage is, is always a work in progress. Should we be looking out for surprises even before we, as we get into marriage? Sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. Oh, I had sorry. a problem with my connection. Oh, okay, okay, I'm sorry, no, no problem. I'll, I'll just go again. So PSK said that work is a, a marriage, apologies, is a work in progress. Does that mean the partners should be looking out for surprises? Oh, okay, yes, thank you. So that's a 
Very important question. So marriage being a work in progress does not necessarily mean um, the partners should be looking out for surprises. However, it, um, in a way, there could be an aspect of that really, but it's not really surprises in the sense of um, the way you would be expectant um, of surprises. It's more about the partners understanding that they're expected to continue to improve in the way in which they are engaged in marriage. So work in progress, meaning in terms of your own contribution or your own part that you're playing, understand that it will be expected of you to continue to up your game, continue to develop and improve yourself and be conscious of what you're doing, what is happening and how you may improve in your um, approach to the marriage. So the work in progress is mainly about working on the way in which you are engaging in that marriage. So, uh, you know, you may have used a particular um, strategy to approach things before. It does not mean that will be the same strategy every single time. So work in progress just means you must expect that you will, you will be, ex you are expected to continue to improve in whatever you are doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. And just coming off, you know, off the back of what you just said now, you know, you expect it to, to continue to improve in your own way. Um, and hopefully that, you know, the prayer is that the both of you are trying to improve every single day. But what happens in a situation where, you know, one half of the of the partnership is trying to improve and the other half isn't really um, is content with where they are, let's just say. So do you are you if you're the one who's trying to improve is is it best for you to just keep going? Because we learned earlier as well, you know, um, during the, the teaching that your visions, for example, should be aligned, you know? So if a situation where actually you're trying to improve and you're trying to progress, but the other partner isn't moving at the at the same pace as you or just content with, the, with where they are, is it okay for you to just keep trying to improve or should you turn down your improvement just to accommodate? <laughs> their own, you know, their, where they are, you know, in, in, in life, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure it does. Um, so, well, I, I just um, straight off assumed that question was um, to me. I guess it is, right? Okay, so the, yes. So my um, response to that really, if you think about the way the Bible talks to us, the Bible is talking to us about being conscious of what we will do in order to help ourselves, in order to help others. So when um, we're talking about the work in progress and the things that you will need to be improving on, those things include the manner in which you are encouraging your spouse. So you will continue to improve on on the ways by which you are engaging with your spouse, in the manner in which you are assisting and you know, encouraging your spouse to improve. So when you have a situation in which um, the other party is not um, kind of pulling their weight enough, you think about what Jesus does when in terms of his marriage, 
to the church because that's the marriage that we're all copying. We don't copy other people's marriages. We copy the marriage of Jesus to the church. The church is falling behind, you know, so it's not as if the church is meeting up to Jesus is the husband, we are the bride. The church is falling behind, yet Jesus continues to work on the church. So when the Bible says, with the washing of the water, you know, with the washing by the use of the water, which is the word, mm -hmm. the Bible is trying to say that Jesus continues to use the word to preach to address the issues of our lives in order to. So if he's, if he's using one style to preach to us or to access us and it's not working, he's gonna change and use another approach. You know, So mainly when you are changing your style or improving yourself, you're also improving in the manner in which you are engaging the other person mm -hmm. in order to get that person to improve. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, next question is um, for Dickness Damalon. Um, so what, what are the roles of friends and family in marriages? You know, how involved should our friends and, and family be um, in marriages? Because you always hear, you know, just people just saying, yeah, that it's whatever happens in the marriage stays in the marriage. And, you know, we don't want to bring outside, you know, influences into the marriage. Mm -hmm. So what, what's the right place for our, our friends and family in our marriages? Um, okay, friends and family from, I knew that from a very young age that friends and family are, are third party in marriages and they're not, in the context of marriage, they have their place outside the marriage, but they're not part of the, of the nuclear, uh, of what makes up the marriage in a way. So if you're trying to, you know, to work with your partner, work directly with your partner don't involve third parties you know i, I learned that from my mom and my, my dad when they have any differences they settle it you know amicably even at times we don't we children don't know you know they do have the middle of the night whereby the kids are sleeping they can shout at each other so they sit down to talk you know i i we got to see them a few times you know like my my mom is the very active one but at the middle of the night you can't be screaming because people are sleeping you know so don't and um they don't really allow people to settle their cases their matters because look at it that way uh, this way your mom will always be your mom if your husband does something for you today and you are now going to your mom to say oh uh, this is what he did for me today and your mom will have even when you have settled it your mom will have it so all this all day in our hearts or your parent because they feel that why should he be doing that you know so if anything within the marriage let your you know uh, your matter stays between you try and resolve it there is place for i wouldn't encourage you to go and now open up your marriage to to someone that might not even have the solution to your to your problem and they might not be able to do anything aside you know, when you are finished solving the issue, then they're still thinking about it. And when they see your spouse, they're still looking at him in such a way or I in such a way that, oh, he did that the other day and uh, you have already gone, you know, um, over it and all. So my, they, they are there for, you know, as support, don't get me wrong. You know, I was with my mom, my parents were the parents, my sisters, they hold a dear place in my heart, but my they are not involved in my marriage. 
So and I, I, I hold it, you know, it's, it's like we respect each other in that area. Don't get involved in my marriage. I won't get involved in yours. If we need any help, we do pray for each other and all that. But however, don't get some um, family members involved in, in your in your marriage. You know, that is is between you and God, really, because it's God's idea, not your parents idea or your or your friend's idea. Thank you. Thank you yeah, very thank much. You. Um, that's, you know, it's quite interesting, you know, everything that you said now. I think definitely, I think a lot of us have definitely grown up with, you know, with our parents or grandparents where you never see them fight <laughs> because you just know, you know, like, yeah, they, they fight and they just, they just sort it out amongst themselves. But wouldn't you say that that's almost that the idea of just not go seeking external advice um, when you have issues in marriage? Like, wouldn't you say that sometimes it's not, it's not always the best way to deal with conflict within marriage um I only say that because you know sometimes I think maybe again maybe the way that we have grown up in almost like the African culture for example um it's where it's you know definitely don't tell your parents about this or don't tell your siblings or nothing but I think now in the day and age that we're in now people are more open to um to seek external advice regarding issues within their marriage whether it's from their friends that their trusted friends you know or their parents or, or their grandparents but I feel like as a um I don't know as a the generation that we're in now people are more open to even seeking things like you know counseling for example now we know that a lot of people don't a lot of people in the you know black community for example don't really believe in counseling especially the men <laughs> actually black men don't really believe in counseling because they don't want to be talking to strangers about their business um but for, for people who are really going through a difficult time Absolutely. in their marriage and they have tried together or individually, like they've tried to work it out, but it's not, it's really not, you know, it's not going that the way that they want to or certain issues, for example, just on being ironed out. Are we saying that going to a friend or going to a, a mom or a dad who actually will, will not be biased, who will try as much as possible to not be biased. Um, are we saying that it's definitely a no-go area to bring one or two people in to help you solve, you know, to, to help you solve your issues or see things from each other's um, point of view? Um, I'd like to hear from both of you, actually. So maybe um, Dickness Damila first and then Pastor Shagan, that's okay. All right. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, I, I did mention um, counselling, which is very important. So you, you need to... Um, look at it this way that okay wh what am i talking to what do they have to offer you know if i'm talking to someone and i'm just it's just for talking sake and i'm not going to get anything from them then there's no point in me talking to them you know there's no point if they're not going to be able to give me the the advice that i need you know there's no point talking to them mm -hmm. i would advise you to go to a counselor because that's what they are trained for you know they are married counselors and when you're going to a counselor look for you know a christian counselor because you know what have if you go to a counselor and the counselor say you know um you guys are not compatible they do the matrix and say okay guys i advise you're not compatible just go your way so i will advise that you can go to a counselor but you need to define it that who am i speaking to we have tried i've prayed i've you know I've done everything that I could do, but I, I still need help, you know. So what, what do I do? Like I said, this is God's idea. I would say, be patient, pray, pray about it. Don't, don't give up easily, you know. Know what you want, but know who to talk to. But for example, if I talk to my friend, and that my friend is not really, there's nothing she's going to be able to offer me, but just listening here, I'm not going to achieve anything there. 
you know so we need to be very careful who we talk to as long as we know that they're good for example i can walk to my pastor if i know that you know if i know that the pastor as well is really grounded and know you know much about what I'm, I'm, i need to discuss or somebody that maybe the other partner listen to or the respect and i know they are not going to be biased or they're not going to um maybe use it against me or against my husband that you know i can definitely seek help but that's if you have done all those things and you think okay i've i've exhausted everything that i need to do and i need to speak to someone you know definitely please feel free to do that but what i'm saying is that not every little thing that happened in your marriage you now say oh i'm going to my i'm going to tell my mom i'm going to tell my dad or i'm going to tell my sisters at the end of the day, what do they have to offer? Just look at it that way. You might have a sister that is more grounded and you can even do it in, in a very anonymous way. You know, I have this friend that is that is so going through in their marriage, you know, what what would you advise? I know you're very good at this, but what would you say to, to her? These are what she's going through. And then whatever you hear from her would help because at that time, she's, he or she will not be biased because they know that you're seeking advice for someone else. Yeah, so that, that would be my contribution. Then I'll pass you over to Pastor Shega. Thank you. Okay, yes, thank you very much for that. Um, so my, I will just quickly look at a number of scriptures um, for this. Um, the first thing I would want to remind us of is that the Bible explains to us that the marriage is between two people. Yeah. You know, so it's not polygamous, it's nothing. It's just the Lord who made them from the beginning, made them male, made them male and female. So the marriage is between two. But one, we should also know that in all of these situations, the Bible also gives us some exceptions because there are some things that make the approach, uh, make you need to, modify your approach you know so in some particular cases you may need to do things slightly differently now i'll quickly read the book of matthew chapter 18 verse 15 matthew 18 verse 15 15 downwards but i'll just focus on a few scriptures there so in verse matthew 18 verse 15 the bible says moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Go and tell him his fault between, between thee and him alone. Now he now goes on, he says, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So the person is already your brother, he has done something, he or she has done something wrong, you know, brother or sister, go first and communicate. One of the things we teach in marriage is communication, communication, communication. That's how the relationship, if you want the relationship to end, stop communicating. It will eventually end. So, but once you are able to continue communicating, the chances are high that it will succeed. So he's saying here, there's a manner to that communication. Go one-on-one. -on -one. You know, and which is the default position. You need to do it, do it between yourselves. Now, it now goes on further in verse 16. Verse 16 is talking about a situation in which you have exhausted all possibility of resolving it with that person. So it's not just the first time that you discussed it with your brother and then that is it. No, if you have exalted, and you know, in, in marriage, 
the relationship being described here is not just between siblings, you know, brother. Mm. That could be anybody. <laughs> just saying, discuss one on one. And that's the opportunity of discussing, resolving one on one. It goes to verse 16. It now says, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that are in the that in the mouth or three witnesses let every word be established so what the bible is saying here is that you could use some other people as well to come in to establish that matter or to discuss that matter so it's no more just the two of you so that is when you have exhausted and that means it is a topical thing you know so there are some issues that you don't need to you just you leave it at that one person always has to have his or away you let it go but assuming it's not possible there are some exceptional cases just like dickiness damola said that you could look for those who are trusted if you look at the book of Psalm 1, it makes us to know that yes, you need to seek counsel, but this counsel needs to be godly counsel, you know? So one of the things we see too, in Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14, I will just quickly have a look at that and read it. In Proverbs eleven fourteen, the Bible says, in verse 14, Proverbs chapter 11, it says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, that counsel must be godly counsel. You know, so, and that's where Psalm, Psalm 1 comes in. So, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But those counts, the counsel that you must seek must be a godly one, you know. And usually, if anybody is going to come in, whether it's friend, whether it's family, if it's family, you don't report your own a matter concerning your husband to your own family. You don't report to you, as a wife to you, as a husband, you don't report your wife to your own family. You, if you're going to even involve anybody in the other family, it should be a godly person in the other person's family. You don't go to godly within your own family. You go to get a godly within the other person's family, you know. Otherwise, too, it's safe to use your pastor, you know, which you may say this will be a neutral ground. But if you're going to use family at all, you don't go to your own family. So you need to choose the right counsel. And that's what Psalm 1 is talking about. That blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, because sometimes people will seek their own counsel. So that would be my response to that. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's definitely very important to, to make sure that you're always seeking godly counsel it's it's really it's, it's the best way to be and I said no thank you very much for both the contributions there um I just wanted to you know just a question on just you know in terms of counseling I've obviously before I got married I remember going through premarital counseling um at church and I, and I know that most Christians do in, in in multiple churches you know across across the world you usually have premarital you know counseling before the church will bless you but you always find that after, once you get married, the church kind of just leaves you to it. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, you're married now, we've joined you, we've attended your wedding and we've in your eyes and now they just go for it. So what do you think the place, do you think that the church as a body of Christ, do you think that there, we need to be more um, open or accommodating in terms of supporting, whether it's newlywed, 
you know, newly married couples or couples that have been married for 20 years, 50 years, you know, we, we support them just before they get married, but then they get married and there's no regular counseling or no regular, almost like checkup for them. Do we think that it's something that is required in, in church, in the body of Christ? So, you know, to stop people from, again, going outside to, see, to seek ungodly counsel, do we just kind of support them right from the onset as we did before they got married? Um, Pastor Shagan, do you want to take that one? Okay, yes, I could start, I could take that. Um, so um, one of the things that we know is that the Bible teaches us that we should always follow up. We should always check on our people, you know, so it could be new converts, it could be new, you know, churches set up. You see many a times the apostles, you know, and the men of God will go to visit them again to see how they're faring. Now, um, there must be a proper balance that is struck. So normally what um, you will find really is that the way the church operates is that they don't even, as a church, churches do not start teaching about marriage only when the person is about to marry. That's why during the singles fellowship, what we've done is that we've been teaching about marriage way beyond that, you know, way beyond the time they want to get married. So you already taught about how to even find the right person, what it will mean, what it will mean. And then you encourage singles to attend marriage seminars. Whenever the couples are having those seminars, those singles who are of a particular, not like teenagers, you know, but the, those you would consider right for the singles fellowships, they're normally expected to attend those kind of fora where marriage is being discussed. So you are training and learning about marriage well ahead of getting into it. By the time you get into it, those programs remain available as well, because those programs, they will never stop in churches. Annually, those things will exist. So the men's fellowship will do things, women's fellowship, and then as a couple, you know, couples fellowship and so on, will have those programs. Now, it's certainly a good thing to now have a structured um, meeting sometime later into maybe the first, year of marriage, maybe the first six months. Maybe um, some churches may be doing that, but I've not really heard that happen. Normally what, what I've known is that the pastor's offices are always open, the you know, ministers are available, um, but I think it's a good idea, just as you're suggesting it now, that there could be a checkup time, you know, where it is an arranged kind of checkup. I think that would be good because if we are to go by the scriptures, it's standard follow-up really, you know, checking on, specifically intentionally going and checking on them. Yeah. So that would be my response. Good, thank you. Thank you very much. We'll hold you to that, Pastor Shagan. <laughs> yes, we will. We will work on that. I can guarantee you. We'll think about, we'll, we'll think of starting something. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then Dickness Damala, uh, just one more question for you. Um, is there any wrongdoing that is unforgivable in marriage. So is there anything that can happen in marriage where it's like, it's just a, a no-go area? Right, yeah. Um, you made me remember when I was doing my uh, primary uh, counseling as well. Uh, it was one of, the, one of the people that I was counseling, he said, what happened if you walk into the room and you met another woman in your matrimonial bed? 
<laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I said it's not it's not possible. <laughs> and he must say, okay, answer my question. It was with a standing face. I'm not sure if it's um if it's Uncle Sonny uh Sonny um Umari. Umari. And Umari. yeah, it's like I'm asking my question. When you call me, I said, I'm going to kill the woman I killed my husband. <laughs> but really, I'm, that, that was just a joke, really. You have to think about it. What what would happen, you know, um, if something that I'm not expecting happen, what would I do? You know, really, you, you might not really know what to do, but it's good to anticipate that, okay, if this man or this woman would do something that is unforgiving, am I going to deal with it? Really, uh, it's hard to say, like I said, for example, that, that thing, what, what came to my mind, I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna just do an, an undo, but then I, I realized that over the years, if God forbid that wouldn't happen, even if it happens, am I gonna throw in, you know, all the years that I've put in, you know, am I going to throw it away? And if, you know, he's asked for forgiveness or if she's asked for forgiveness, then I would need to, to, to forgive. And God has taught us a lot about forgiveness. When Pastor Sheldon was talking about, you know, marriage, everything taught in, in the church from the fruit of the spirit, from forgiveness, directed to, to your marriage as well even though there are some um, teachings that are specific to marriage but all those teachings also you can apply to your marriage as well so if christ can die for people like us with everything we have done we should even also have it at the back of our mind that if my spouse do anything that is unforgiving you know unforgivable <laughs> let's use that word i'm going to ask for the grace of god to be able to forgive um, if I still want that marriage. So that would be my answer. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think that's definitely it. I think when I was asking that, that's the, even I was thinking. <laughs> but it's definitely a tricky one that you just never know until you get into the situation, really. You can't you can't anticipate what what you're gonna do if you find if somebody does something to you that is just unforgivable. But I think you just have to be prepared in your heart. You know, I think when you get married, you just have to be prepared in your heart that actually whatever happens in this marriage, I'm going to forgive. It's just, it's like how you're just intentional about like loving somebody. I think you have to also be intentional about like just forgiving somebody like for every time that they they mess up like you're also gonna mess up like for every time that they offend you or they mess up or they do something that is you know that is offensive or upsetting you then you just have to be intentional really about just forgiving but you know I pray we you know none of us will encounter any any unforgiv unforgivable <laughs> any unforgivable issues but if it does happen there's definitely, you know, there's, there's grace, there's grace available for everyone. And then just go to God. Cause sometimes it's always easy to say, I'll forgive, but actually in the moment you might be really hurt. So I think certainly just, it's a matter for, for, for taking to God and make, making sure that you're seeking, you know, godly counsel in terms of how to deal with the situation. Um, so thank you very, very much for the, um, to both of you, to Dickness Damala and to Pastor Shagun Um, It's been really, really enlightening. And it's been really good to um, you know, to, to discuss all these things with you. Um, thank you to everyone again who has been joining and people who sent in the questions as well. Um, we hope that you're um, we hope that you're you're satisfied with the with the answers. Um, and if you were not certainly just you know just you know go, go back to God, <laughs> go back to God if you if you want further clarification. Um, but again, if you have any other questions at any time, please don't 
um, hesitate to send them into, into the church office and certainly one of the ministers will be, um, will be willing to answer your questions. We hope you were blessed by that message. You can keep up with more of our content on our social media. God bless you.